Welcome back into My Guys in the Desert. I'm Danielle Avari here at the South Point Sportsbook Studio with Wes Reynolds hosting uh, My Guys in the Desert all week long. Uh, Matt Humans and JVT will be on Follow the Money. We don't have our normal starters in. And speaking of starters, what are the 49ers going to do? The Patriots, the Bears at quarterback week one. The 49ers have said that Garoppolo is their starter until further notice, whatever that means. So he's got an opportunity to take advantage here in the coming months. This is odds you can see at DraftKings of which quarterback will take the snap or be the starting quarterback in week one for the 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo, the favorite at minus 400. Trey Lance, three to one. Josh Rosen, even on there, 25 to one. And Nate Sudfield, 33 to one. You know, if, you know, everyone doesn't make it to Sunday or something. Wes, what do you think for the 49ers? Is Jimmy G? Danielle, perhaps we're not the starters, <laughs> but we're not the junior varsity. No. We, we have varsity letters, no. mind you, folks. So uh, yeah. so maybe not the starters, but certainly uh, a part <laughs> of the varsity team rotation, nevertheless, here at VEASAN. But going back to San Francisco, I, I, I don't see that Lance, uh, that Lance, at least right now, is going to be right. the starter. You would think Jimmy G. Jimmy G knows. He's a veteran. He knows that, hey, I'm probably out of here, and this is my last year. So I don't think he's exactly going to be like a Jake here, like he's just going to just go ahead and half-ass it and not give an effort because he knows, hey, somebody else in this league is going to need a starting quarterback, so I've got a lot to prove. I may not be proving it for the people signing my checks, but the people that may be signing future compensation. So a Jimmy, of an audition. Yeah, and, and, and it's still, I mean, it, it has probably lessened at this standpoint that he could go to New England with New England drafting Mac Jones, so mm-hmm. that kind of took a... Uh, a little bit, a little bit of steam out of him. It's like that that little meme where the guy is kind of aimlessly walking with his head down. It's like Jimmy G <laughs> looking at the market right now, and and it and it has declined. But there's always going to be somebody that needs a starting quarterback because there's always going to be a situation like what arrived last Thursday with Aaron Rodgers. So conveniently leaking out, hey, he doesn't want to come back to Green Bay. Houston in terms of Watson. So there's going to be teams that are looking for a starter. So this guy, I think, is is going to give it his all and is going to be a professional. We'll have to see what happens in camp, who's going to win the job. I would think that it's probably right that Jimmy G is the incumbent starter until unless something changes, unless Trey Lance just comes in and dazzles you. But most quarterbacks don't necessarily start from day one. Some people have different philosophies. Sometimes it's like Peyton Manning back in the day where it's like, we know this guy is going to put up numbers, but we know he's going to throw about 30 interceptions in his rookie year because there's an adjustment because all of a sudden those windows that were so wide in college are about are about this narrow in the NFL. So you're going to throw a lot of interceptions. So sometimes they throw you out there and sometimes they just go ahead and say, well, let's let you learn a little while and, and, and maybe it's a year learning process or maybe it's eventually, okay, we're four and seven. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and put the rookie in there. Right. Well, similar situation, as you mentioned, the Patriots, Jimmy G, probably not headed back there, but who are they going to start week one? It has to be Cam Newton, right? He's minus 400 on these odds. Mac Jones, five to one, and Jarrett Siddham, six to one. I'm going to be interested in this Patriots team a little bit this year. And I know Vinny Maiulo was in here yesterday, and he kind of thought maybe them instead of Miami could be that second team out of the NFC East. And I'm not saying that that's incorrect. I think you're kind of splitting hairs between Miami and New England. They're very easy. 
even. Keep in mind with New England on the defense, they get a lot of guys back this year. They get, uh, excuse me, Dante Hightower is yep. going to be back. They have a couple very good guys in the in the secondary. Stephon Gilmore, who's mm-hmm. an all-pro, Devin McCourty, so Kyle Van Noy at offensive linebacker. So this is a defense that's going to compete, and they did draft Christian Barrymore, the defensive lineman out of Alabama. So they've made some reinforcements on defense. The problem with the Patriots is they just don't have a lot of weapons. It wasn't just Cameron Newton's poor play. It was who are you throwing to? You don't have have any really good receivers, but now they did sign Nelson Aguilar. Mm-hmm. They did sign Kendrick Bourne. So at least the receiving core on the surface up there in Foxborough looks like it's in better shape. I was surprised that they went ahead to do another year with Cam Newton, but maybe they just wanted continuity for continuity's sake, but he did not look good last season. Real quick, let's squeeze in the Bears. Andy Dalton, minus 167. Justin Fields, plus 160. Nick Foles, 9-1. to Not exactly a vote of confidence in the market with Andy Dalton. <laughs> no. Maybe that was social media loving this Fields trade, but I somehow think Dalton's going to be your week one starter. All right, stick with us. Coming up, we're going to get to hear from DraftKings Sportsbook Director Johnny Avello. Don't go anywhere. are live in the oddstrader.com studio at the South Point Casino. Make sure you check out oddstrader.com. And remember, you can download the free oddstrader app right now and start winning with the up to the second info you need. Hour two of My Guys in the Desert kicking off right here in the South Point studio. Danielle Avari here with Wes Reynolds. And now we're bringing in DraftKings Sportsbook Director Johnny Avello. Johnny, good to see you. Hey, guys. It's always good to see you. So, obviously, I think this is the first time we've seen you since the NFL draft. Uh, I'd love to know what that handle ended up for you guys. It was the top offering of the day. So, if you take any one baseball game, basketball game of the day, which is usually a big handle, there's always one game that towers over every one of them. Uh, This towered over everything. So, biggest uh, right of the day on any one event. And this is the good part, that we actually ended up on the plus side, which is a first. For well, the good, for, good for you guys. Not so good for the casual better. I know, and not a lot of bookmakers either saying that they are up on, up on the draft. Usually this, because the draft market, and that's what I want to get into, Johnny, the draft market is usually more of a sharp paradise in terms of guys that follow this you don't get a lot of casual betters necessarily putting in the work to study this and go through the mocks and follow the social media in terms of how the news is switching and get the arbitrage positions and whatnot going forward to next year where the draft now is here in Las Vegas. We know everybody is going to have to offer more because it's here in Las Vegas, and a lot of bookmakers don't necessarily want to do that. I know our buddy Chris Andrews at the South Point, (laughs) if he had his druthers, he would not book the NFL draft because it's not your traditional sporting event type of bet. But I got to think next year you're going to get a lot more liquidity in the market in terms of the fact that you're going to have more casual bettors betting the NFL draft and and not necessarily just the sharp guys that really put time into it that maybe now because college basketball is over and if they're not really (laughs) knee-deep in the baseball or the NBA, they got to focus on something, so they focus on the draft. Do you expect more casual bettors next year in the market, Johnny? 
It's a great point, Wes. I think so. Uh, you know, being in Las Vegas, uh, streets packed. Everybody's going to want a little bit of action on the draft. I could see them now on their mobile phones and betting uh, not only the pre-draft, but hopefully uh, and some in-game draft like we did this year. Now, we have to approach the gaming control board and we need him to keep this thing open and not shut it down 24 hours before it starts because that just kills the entire event. So I think there's some changes need to be made, and I think those changes need to be worked on now. To your point, Johnny, when you saw that, the move on Trey Lance to be that number three pick for the San Francisco 49ers, that happened largely when the market was closed out here in Las Vegas. So I think only you guys and maybe a couple others were open. So that's when all of a sudden you see this guy go off as a favorite. So you're like, okay, this isn't necessarily an outlier where one book has taken a position because only a couple were open, including DraftKings. So all of a sudden you saw the money come in on this and you knew it was a true move. Yeah. And remember that Mac Jones and Fields were the two content top contenders for that third spot. Um, it wasn't until the, and you mentioned it wasn't until the last day that the, we had a new contender. And so uh, we did take money on, on him that day, but we still had a ton of money on the other two guys. The number three, who was going to be the number three pick that was the top right for any prop in the draft um beat any prop we've ever done for the draft and uh, and we actually did good on it because those two guys took so much money early yeah absolutely i, I was working our draft bet cast and i saw that a DraftKings better put $75,000 even money on Trey Lance to go third overall. So I know that that came through for him. Uh, it's no surprise that that was the most bet prop by handle for you guys. Um, are you guys going to be doing things even crazier for next year with Vegas? You know, Danielle, we've been doing stuff crazy uh, every week. I mean, you know, I'm, we had... I'm asking as a casual better. I need some, <laughs> I need some stuff I could bet on um, maybe outfits. You know, what color? I know that uh, Jamar Chase did wear some sneakers that had orange and black and white. I, I thought, we'll definitely go into the Bengals then, right? So I, I was thinking more in the line of fun prop bets. Okay, something like uh, who is the commissioner going to let announce the Cowboys pick? Something yeah, like something like lines? that. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> and, there you go. And, and, See, and, and move already. it. That's good. We're, we're thinking already, so I, I like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, increase the inventory. And, 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 and Johnny, you know this from your time as a bookmaker. When, when you were at the win all those years, you guys were always first out in terms of having NFL sides, usually on Sunday afternoon. And you know how this works. It's a mostly sharp bettors that are going to bet those on the openers where you got pro bettors waiting in line. Then you got some runners representing those pro bettors waiting in line. And it's kind of like, okay, here's your limit. What are you going to bet? And then it's like, okay, you've bet this, and I respect your opinion, so now i got to move it for the next guy in line. So it paid to be the first in line. Is that kind of what you're finding here when you're doing this NFL draft stuff, that it's basically just a race to the number? Because what happens is everybody now has the same information Yep. on your side of the counter and on the other side of the counter. Everybody sees the tweets and like, okay, 
this team is thinking of doing this, even whether it's true or whether it's not. And teams are just kind of putting false information out there to get people to follow it. But is that basically what you're what you're approaching right now in terms of like, okay, it's a race to the number and either they get us because they see the information first or we adjust it first? Or are you basically just kind of leaving it out there right now and letting the betters kind of determine what the number in the market is? Yeah, it's, it's actually a, it's a hybrid of the two. Uh, you know, Wes, you mentioned how, you know, we'd put up the early numbers at win and we would, you know, they'd line up and bet them. And, and against those guys, we actually did okay. But there's always the person that comes from, it's either staying at the win or comes from another hotel and says, you know, I want to bet next week's game. Can I bet 50 or 100 grand on it? And so, you know, you, as long as you have that type of mix, then you're okay. Uh, you're you're going to end up most likely on the positive side over time. But if you got to book an NFL draft every single week and you're going up against the Sharps, I think we'd be out of business, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, fortunately, I think Wes is right. You're going to see a lot more casual money next year, mine included. I didn't have any draft bets this year. I couldn't pull the trigger on any. But um, I could just send Johnny a personal check next year if that works easier. <laughs> but, yes, I'll probably get a – a little bit uh, into the draft next year. Something else coming up down the pipe here, the NBA play-in and playoffs. Do you have some big future liabilities? I'm assuming the Lakers have to be up there for you, Johnny. Lakers are up there and Nets are up there. Um, you know, the Nets, we were getting hit on them with all the rumors on who was coming to the Nets. Some of those materialized and some didn't, but nevertheless, uh, the, the Nets were pounded pretty much all year long. So uh, you're right. Lakers and Nets, there are two hazards. And, uh, John, uh, I'm, I assume you've already adjusted from this standpoint. Have you gotten any interest in your network from the Suns? Obviously, the Suns now the number one team in the West, and they have said, okay, we're going for it. This is not a team that's had a lot of success over the years. They were very good in the bubble, undefeated, and then missed the playoffs by one, and now not taking it for granted. Chris Paul comes in, provides leadership, and this Phoenix Suns team, they're absolutely going for it. So have you seen betters? still get involved to kind of reduce your exposure on those premium teams that were preseason favorites like the Lakers, like the Brooklyn Nets, et cetera, or has it just kind of been just a natural adjustment downwards? No, we've taken some money. Uh, the Bucks have been a team lately that's taken some money. The Suns, and I'm going to say, when I say some, I mean just a little. Mm -hmm. uh, for some reason, the Suns are not a team that draws a bunch of money, but there have been trickles of money coming in on a few teams, the Nuggets being another, the Knicks. The Knicks have been played all year long to win. We've got, if the Knicks win it, uh, we won't be out of business, but it'll sure be hurt. We'll sure take a hurt on that one. So, you know, there's some teams that have been played because of the bias of where they are, uh, and there's been a lot of money added to the pot because of that bias. Now, Johnny, you mentioned the Nuggets here. That reminds me of the NBA MVP market we've been hearing a little bit of chatter about lately, but it seems like it's Jokic or nobody. I know on your guys' site right now, he's minus 1,000 as the favorite. Joel Embiid behind him at plus 450. Giannis at 20 to 1. Is there any big liability for you there, or who are you guys hoping for, obviously? Uh, the two guys that were getting money in for a while, and they've both kind of cooled off. One was James Harden. James Harden was all the way down about 12. He's back up to 50. Mm -hmm. uh, Steph Curry, Magic Johnson came out with 
with a tweet saying that Steph Curry should win the MVP. When he came out with that, Steph Curry was bet every day for a week. But uh, I think it's Jokic to, to lose. Uh, I don't see anybody right now that's going to beat him out. So uh, I think we're in pretty good shape. Who knew that Magic had that much juice? Yeah. People followed him. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> and the current odds, by the way, Nikola Jokic, minus 1,000 at DraftKings. Joel Embiid, 9-2. to two. Giannis at 20-1. to one. Steph Curry at 20-1. to one. And then everybody else, 50-1 to one or higher. Joel Embiid was somebody that I played earlier in the season. but And it was just for small. But mm-hmm. it, it's just he does not play on back-to-back. So it's very hard to bet him for these awards. Now, this is a team I do like in the playoffs, though because he is not going to have that issue. He's not going to have to sit out back-to-backs because the playoff schedule is more conducive to rest days and and travel days and whatnot. But, Johnny, moving over to baseball, only a month into the season, and there's always going to be surprises in baseball, and there's always going to be teams that maybe a lot were expected of, and then they get off to a slow start, and then it's kind of like it's panic time, and then all of a sudden these real hot teams cool off in the summer, and then the teams that struggle, especially the top teams like the Yankees, all of a sudden start to get hot. What have you seen so far? Any action from the start of the season? We know that the usual suspects are going to get bet for World Series and for pennant. The Dodgers, the Yankees, the Padres, the Astros. Any teams kind of starting to get some money where it's like, okay, we got some betters that are maybe believers in certain teams' good starts? Uh, The Red Sox were one of those teams. Now, Red Sox aren't usually a team that comes into the season where they're expected to win 80 games or less. Um, But the Red Sox did have a good start, and so they certainly took some money to win it all. Um, Another team is the A's. The A's uh, were a little bit higher. We have them at 20 to 1 now, and the Brewers would be the third. The usual suspects are still there. They're still getting money. Yanks, even though not playing that well, uh, you know, beat up on the Tigers, but still, uh, you know, they haven't dropped that much. And because the money continues to come in on a team like that. Uh, same with the Mets. Money continues to come in on them, and so there's no reason for us to make any drastic adjustments. And you're right, this baseball season is a long, long season. So there'll be teams that are not playing well now that'll go on streaks and make runs and almost get there but not get there. There'll be teams that should be there uh, but starting off slow and make their run later. So uh, we've got a lot of months yet to uh, see what that outcome is going to be. Yeah, speaking of outcomes, I did have a bet right now that I I have lost horribly. I had no run in the first inning for the Giants-Rockies game. The Giants have scored 10 runs in the top of the first inning. So not just a loser. Quick and painful death, Danielle. Big one. I'm glad I lost that badly, though. That's that's great. Uh, Johnny, I want to ask you about the Olympics. I know Wes and I are both huge fans. I know Matt Neverett, our producer, as well. Is that something you guys are going to be putting up some odds and some props for? Certainly will. Yep. Uh, you know, if it's if it's an event, whether it's sporting event or it's a racing event or it's just a uh, entertainment event, if we get permission from uh, the gaming boards to put it up, it's going up, Daniel. 
Absolutely. They put up entertainment odds. I mean, I, I wish Las Vegas and Nevada, the gaming board, would follow their lead at DraftKings where you can put up some more entertainment odds, get some more people involved in the market. But, John, we do got a big golf tournament this week. Wells Fargo Championship, 11 of the top 20 in the OWGR are in this field this week. Justin Thomas, John Rahm, Roy McIlroy, a lot of big names. Uh, anybody standing out to you or anybody that you like this week down in Charlotte? Yeah, there's a couple of players I'm looking at. Uh, for the, I, I think my lowest favorite that I would consider playing, and I haven't played him yet, is Rory. Uh, you know, out of the out of the big five or six, you know, uh, I would consider him at twenty to one. Some of the longer price guys I'm looking at this week are Ricky Fowler, Jason Day, and Kyle Stanley. Uh, Kyle Stanley's played well at this course. Ricky was right up there back a couple of years ago. Now, Ricky's game has certainly fallen off, Wes. I don't know what's wrong with Ricky, but if, you know, he's he hasn't played in a couple of weeks, so hopefully uh, he's got his head on straight and he's coming to play golf this week. To your point on Ricky, who actually I did go ahead and I haven't bet him in a long time, but I took a shot this week at 80 to one. He got a special invitation into the PGA in two weeks where he wouldn't have qualified on the basis of his ranking and his current standing, but they gave him a special invite. He has been a horse for course here. This is where he won his first tournament back in 2012 has three other top fives here. So it's kind of like, Sometimes when a guy is struggling, they need to go to a familiar spot and it's like going back home. And maybe this is kind of it for Ricky Fowler. So I thought he was actually worth a shot at a long price. So uh, Rory maybe could fit in that same way too. This is where he got his first win on the PGA Tour all the way back in 2010. The next two places here at the Wells Fargo and then, of course, at the PGA at Kiwa is where he has won events. So maybe this is the good spot for these guys to get right. You can tell Wes is already very excited to talk about golf. Circle the wagons. (laughs) We're going to do that next. The Wells Fargo Championship. But thanks so much to Johnny Avella. We all appreciate your time for joining us here on My Guys. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Johnny. All right. Stick with us. Like I said, we're going to talk more golf with the Wes Reynolds from Long Shots next. daily specials, odds boost, and the largest offer of live in-play options, BetRivers Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting. And to make your experience even more rewarding, BetRivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one-time playthrough. BetRivers, your hometown sportsbook. Offer valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem in Illinois, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. You can call one 800 gambler in indiana 1-800-9 with it in colorado 1-800-522-4700 in michigan 1-800-270-7117 in virginia 1-888-532-3500 and in iowa call 1-800-BETS-OFF 
This is My Guys in the Desert, Danielle Avari, Wes Reynolds, and I know Wes is very eager to talk about this Wells Fargo Championship. Chomping at the bit, Danielle. Yes, you guys are taping uh, VEASAN's Long Shot Show today as well. We are. Yes. Uh, myself and Brady Cannon, our guest Ryan Brickley, who's a PGA Tour pro down in the North Carolina area, and that's where we are this week at the Wells Fargo Championship Quill Hollow Club in Charlotte, North Carolina. 11 of the top 20 in the field this week. This is pretty much, there is an event in Dallas next week at the Byron Nelson. Mm -hmm. which will have some top players, but you'll have quite a few skipping. Mm -hmm. So this is essentially like the last real big warm-up event before the PGA in two weeks down in Kiwa Island in South Carolina. So a lot of players in this event this week at the top, including Justin Thomas, John Rahm, Bryson DeChambeau, Patrick Reed, Rory McIlroy, Webb Simpson. So 11 of the top 20 this week. A mm -hmm. lot of players uh, have won this event that are big names, including Rory McIlroy, Tiger Woods, Ricky Fowler, Jason Day, Etc. cetera, et cetera. But not held last year, right? No. So most recent 2019 champion. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was uh, canceled last year due to COVID-19. So the reigning champion, actually a two-year reign, would be Max Homa. Wow. At uh, 2019. He actually won this event at 500 to one. You're not getting those odds on him now anymore that he won against uh, a really great field out in LA at the Genesis Invitational earlier this year at Riviera. So Max Homa. I think he's in the 30-ish to 40 to 1 range this week in terms of a price. If you think he's going to go back to kind of back, back to pause to back, I guess, because there was no event last year. But I did not play him. Uh, the guys that I did play this week. And you've had some long shots, as you can see on this graphic. You've had yeah. some 500 to 1 shots win this thing. So don't necessarily be bashful if you want to take a bomb because they can win here. This is a this is not an easy course. It's become harder since 2017 when Tom Fazio went ahead and redesigned this. So it now plays as a par 71 instead of a par 72. Uh, guys, I like this week. I think you're going to have to have some length off the tee. It's a 7,521-yard par 71, which is pretty long for a par 71 course. And the first guy, if you're looking at length, of course, is Bryson DeChambeau, who I got at 15-1. to 1. Bringing in the big guns. Yeah, first in strokes gained off the tee, first in ball striking, first in tee to green, proximity game from 200-plus yards. Had that disappointment, his usual Augusta disappointment. He just does not play well at the Masters, hasn't figured it out. But mm -hmm. he went back to the laboratory, <laughs> the Incredible Hulk, went back down in the lab. So he's had three weeks off. So I think this is one where he he is going to probably fare well. And 15-1 to 1, I thought was relatively fair, not too short of a prize. Victor Hoffland, 20-1. to 1. I didn't get in on him at the Open when he was 25, but he's peaking at the right time. Low round of 65 on Sunday last week at the Valspar Championship in Tampa. So good building point for this event. Just one spot out of the official world golf ranking top 10, 11th in the world. So I think this could be a big uh, event for him. Also, Will Zalatoris, 30 to 1. Remember Zalatoris, uh, the, uh, the, the one that had all the memes, the skinny kid that looked like Happy Gilmore's caddy at the Waterbury Open. Right. The, uh, bl the blonde-haired guy. Second at the Masters, and then he didn't do very well the next week in South Carolina, but now he's got two weeks off, goes back home to North Carolina, played his college golf at Wake Forest. Young players have won their first tournaments here quite frequently, going all the way back to Anthony Kim, Rory McIlroy, Ricky Fowler, so Zalatoris, 30-1. to Neiman is a guy I bet last week ended up tied for eighth, didn't make a move last Sunday, but very good off the tee. Think he could go well here. I'm going to take Sun J.M. as well off the drift, 50-1. to Always seems good to have him. Yeah, he was disappointed 
disappointing last week. Just didn't go off on the weekend, but he's one of the better Bermuda putters on tour. Always gains off the tee. So you're getting him. He was about 30 to 1 last week, so you're getting him 50 to 1. And then the last two, Emiliano Grillo, 66 to 1. If he can make a putt, that would be great because the ball striking is absolutely superb. And then I'm going to go back to old Ricky Fowler, 80 to 1. Maybe this is where he gets right. This is a place where he's obviously had success, his first PGA Tour win. 116th ranked player in the world. Hard to believe for a guy like Ricky Fowler. All right, there you go. The Wells Fargo Championship. Don't worry, we're going to talk about the NBA next. We didn't forget about the Nets-Bucks game. We'll go all over that next on My Guys in the Desert. The NHL and NBA playoff races are in high gear, and our experts are covering every angle to find betting edges as the regular season winds down. VSIN hockey expert Annie McNeil is tracking all the NHL action, and our senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel, JVT, has all the hoops insights. Every night, they're looking at the teams who are tanking and which squads are playing to save their season to find you the best bets on the board. Our experts and the entire VSIN team give you all the tools to make the most of every bet, including our 24 7 video coverage, odds and analysis for every game on vcin.com, our daily members-only best bet emails, and in-depth coverage of every major event in Point Spread Weekly. Now is the time to cash in on the push to the playoffs. Sign up for your 10-day free trial at vcin.com slash subscribe. This is my guys in the desert, Danielle Alvari, Wes Reynolds, here to talk some NBA tonight. Let's start with the Nets bus game tonight. The Bucks beat the Nets in the first game of the back-to-back on Sunday, 117 to 114, as a two and a half point home favorite. They've won two straight. They've won three of their last four. But the Nets, they've dropped two in a row, following a four-game winning streak, including some of those wins at home. Harden, I believe, out for the Nets tonight. Bucks, a one and a half point favorite, total sitting around 242 or so. I believe this number was at two this morning, already down to one and a half. Yeah, I'm not surprised to see the Nets get the money in terms of the bounce back. Obviously, a short payback spot, just one day off in between Mm -hmm. from Sunday's game, which was very competitive. Nets had a shot to tie at the end. Kevin Durant, no good from three. So, total was about the same that it was on Sunday in terms of where it closed, 242-ish. So, I didn't really find an edge there. I actually might go against the market here and actually like the Bucks here to get two in a row against the Brooklyn Nets. Now, is Nicholas Claxton going to play tonight? He was eligible to play on Sunday, but Steve Nash elected not to play him. So mm-hmm. he's a guy that I think is really going to be crucial. Everybody focuses on the big three, but Claxton is the young guy down low, very athletic. DeAndre Jordan, obviously on the back nine of his career is a big guy down low. So Claxton's going to get more of the minutes, I think, really in the playoffs, maybe more so than DeAndre Jordan, but I don't see if he's in the lineup. They have not released the starting lineups yet, but not surprised to see Brooklyn necessarily get the money back. But I think that this is kind of a big game for the Bucs in terms of the fact that They've been the number one seed a couple times now in the East. They've not gotten out of the Eastern Conference Finals to the NBA Finals. So now all of a sudden, Brooklyn's kind of been the new flavor of the month. It's like, okay, they've got the big three. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They're coming for us. So 
I think the Bucs, you know, have a little bit of an extra chip on their shoulder here in this regular season game. And plus the fact that you've got a jockey at the top for the top three seeds with Brooklyn, with Milwaukee, with Philadelphia. Giannis obviously had a superb effort to really carry this team Mm -hmm. on Sunday, but the defense has been better. And I tell you where I really noticed it on Sunday, Drew Holiday did a nice job really shutting down Kyrie Irving. And Which is they, not easy to yeah, do. Yeah, they absolutely struggled uh, in the half court. In the first half, they were able to play more freely and push the pace in transition. But in the second half, when the Bucks really made it a half court game and they made that adjustment several weeks ago, a couple months ago, where all of a sudden they finally figured out, okay, we need to just switch everything and not leave so many open threes. They still leave open their share, but... I think the Bucs have made the adjustments in terms of a motivation. I'm sure both teams are motivated, but I think this just means a tad more to the Milwaukee Bucks because all of a sudden with all the hype that Brooklyn has been getting and they only have two of the big three, I think Milwaukee is going to really want this one. Giannis had 49 on Sunday. I don't Mm. expect he'll have that tonight, but they were able to force turnovers in that defense in the half court, especially on Kyrie was really good. So I lean the Milwaukee here, cheap money line, about $1.15, $1.20, so shop around. When you see these back-to-backs too, don't you see a defense maybe tighten up a little bit more than an offense? I know you said you didn't really see an advantage with the total on this game, but would you maybe look at an under here for that reason? That would be the lean. And 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 what you saw on, on uh, Sunday, and this is something I've been doing a lot during the NBA season, had some success, where I don't bet as many pre-flop totals because you see these first-half totals go over. I mean, you you see these every night on primetime action where you've Live, got like yeah. 70 to 65 <laughs> in the first half and then just this ridiculously high number. So it's going to go over probably the posted total pregame, but then you can take second half where you can get the under Mm -hmm. and you can see guys working middles on totals because these first halves are usually higher scoring or it seemingly is than, than really the second halves. Right. Speaking of other back-to-back games, Warriors Pelicans, my gosh, it was brutal having to watch our poor producer Kelly Bidlin live through his Pelicans bets last night. I think he had him pre-flop and uh, even a live bet in there, but, Neither of them could come home for him. The Warriors just would not go away last night. Tonight, uh, the Pelicans, a one-and-a-half-point favorite, 8 p.m. Eastern start time on that one. I don't I don't know what to make of the Pelicans because they're still trying to hang into that playoff spot. And I know mm-hmm. everybody wants Zion in the playoffs, but this New Orleans team just simply I don't think has been good enough. And mm-hmm. when they have spots where they need to win, they don't end up doing it, even though the Warriors did blow it after that 31-9-21 first quarter lead and then kind of uh, coasted the, the rest of the way. New Orleans just not very good on defense, and Golden State has kind of been an up-and-down team. Steph really has to carry them from time to time. But if you look at the the previous game between these two teams, New Orleans from two-point defense, Golden State shot 30 of 44 inside the arc. That's 68% on two-point attempts. That Ooh. that that is very poor defense. So yes. that's why I'm a little lukewarm. I'm probably not going to bet this game. Warriors are getting the money here. They opened uh, plus three. Now you're seeing two, even a couple one-and-a-halves in the market at some faraway places, and I don't necessarily disagree with that move. I just It's tough to back the Pelicans with that poor defense.
In the spirit of primetime action later on tonight, is there anything on this board that jumps out to you as a possible live betting opportunity if it plays out a certain way? We have Suns as a 12 and a half favorite versus the Cavs, so not very exciting. Who wants to lay double digits there? Uh, Hornets are a four-point favorite over the Pistons. Of course, Nets, Bucks. Maybe you get a better number in-game. Could be, and and I think maybe on the total is where you might want to go if you want to look to the under, because you could get very well another fast start like we got on Sunday, Mm -hmm. and then it kind of slows down a little bit in the second half, assuming it's a close game, then it's like, okay, we got to get serious, because at this point of the season, when you get playoff teams playing other playoff teams, Mm The defense, I think it's kind of going to be like they take it more seriously on that side of the ball because it's like, okay, we got to size each other up here. And this is a real test of where we are and and where we know we can be going into the playoffs. So that would be maybe a live opportunity I would look at to see if all of a sudden they come out firing and the score gets high. So like it's 243 right now on the total. Maybe this gets in the 250-ish or mid-250 range and then you can go with the under. Yeah, and maybe Kyrie kind of snaps back. We'll see how that plays out, of course. We have more MLB to talk about next. We'll talk about the later slate of games right here on My Guys in the Desert. OddsTrader.com studio at the South Point Casino. Make sure you check out OddsTrader.com and download the free OddsTrader app right now so you can start winning with the up to the second info you need. Wes, speaking of up to the second info, lots and lots of pitching changes going on in the MLB today. We'll try to get us updated here. Uh, First things first, DeGrom out for the Mets, as we mentioned earlier. Some more news, possibly getting an MRI. He has some side tightness, stiffness. He was having trouble getting loose. Uh, So he is out for the Mets tonight. Uh, They have the Cardinals at 745 Eastern time. That'll be Miguel Castro now going for the New York Mets, the reliever instead of Jacob DeGrom. Price has obviously been adjusted, so (laughs) the readjustment on Ovedo for the Cardinals, you're seeing about minus 110, minus 115-ish, depending on your shop. So, uh, And and Ovedo is a guy I actually did want to play against DeGrom in terms of that big price. Uh, Thought that was a heavy price on the road, but obviously that is now scratched, so no play for me. So that is a pitching change. Also, Denilson Lamette. In for Ryan Weathers, uh, so Lamette back off the DL. And that's always one of those tricky spots. Now, they're a massive favorite over the Pirates, and Mitch Keller has been really bad this season. So not endorsing a play on that. But in terms of an angle, usually and more often than not, I will like to go against the starter in the first game off the DL. 
I often think it takes a game to kind of get right and and just get loose and get used to pitching again. I'm not going to do that tonight with the Padres being about a minus 260 favorite. And Mitch Geller has not had very good numbers really all season. So that is going to be a pass for me. Also, another pitching change. Phil Maton in for Cleveland. It was going to be Henkes, a left-hander, going in Kansas City. So now it'll be Maton going against Mike Miner in Kansas City. That price has now been adjusted to do about Kansas City minus $1.40. All right, so lots and lots of pitching changes. I like the point you made earlier. I know that a lot of people who listen to the show are not, you know, a casual better like myself, but an important thing to know when you're making these bets on these baseball games. Listed pitchers. Bet the listed pitcher so that if they do end up getting pulled like this, that you are not, you know, SOL. And one of the things, too, and I've seen this over the years, the ticket riders, what they're going to do if you give them a team, so you say... You know, and they usually want the rotation numbers. So you say 916, and obviously that corresponds with the Yankees tonight. Mm-hmm. So what they're going to do is just type in 916, and it's going to assume action. And that's what it's going to say on your ticket is action. So basically, you're just betting the Yankees. So what you want to go and you want to do when you go up to the counter, if you're not betting on apps or online or on your computer or whatnot, if you're actually going to a counter in a sports book, and you want to bet the Yankees, say, mm-hmm. 916 listed pitchers. And it'll it notate, it, it, there'll be a notation on that. It'll say listed, and it'll say the pitcher. It'll say Herman and then Granky on the other side. So listed pitchers. So when when there's a change like you've seen today, I think there have been four pitching changes today. You got to really notice your ticket if you want to bet on a pitcher. Obviously, if you were betting on the Mets tonight, you were wanting to bet on Jacob DeGrom. You were not wanting to bet with Miguel Castro taking the bump (laughs) to start the game. Nothing against Mr. Castro, but he wasn't going to be a $1.90 favorite on the road like Jacob DeGrom was probably going to be. So that's what you're doing in baseball because that's such an important part of it. I've talked to a lot of baseball bettors over the years and they bet pitchers. That's the first thing that I look at in the morning when I'm doing these numbers. Okay. What are the ERAs? What are the XFIPs? What's the batting average balls in play? Those are kind of the metrics that I really look at. And then I go into my handicap from there and say, okay, who's in the lineup? Who's at the plate for these other teams, which team hits lefties? Well, which teams hits righties? Well, so very important point. Uh, When in doubt, Bet listed pitchers. I Not think action. you should do that anyway yeah. instead of betting action because then all of a sudden you're like, oh, my bet didn't get canceled because I've seen people, they go to the counter and they want to cancel the bet. They're like, oh, the pitcher got scratched. Well, too bad. If you bet action, you've got the Mets and you're in. you got to hope they can win. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice if you could bet that in the NBA too? I, I only want to bet if LeBron is listed. Right. I just, <laughs> it seems like you're not have betting to do on it. the Lakers. It I'm seems like you're going to have to do that in the NBA now because you've got to wait and see <laughs> if these guys are going to play. I mean, sometimes it is very last minute. I mean, some of them go into a pattern like, okay, we know Joel Embiid doesn't often play on a back to back. Not sure. like he sits out every time, but the majority of the time, especially early in the season, you're not going to see Embiid or you're not going to see Kawhi Mm -hmm. so that's all that's usually priced into the number from the opener from that standpoint and then of course when something's officially announced you see the line move whether it's the odds maker behind the counter moving the line or whether it's the better getting there it's usually those guys behind the counter they follow the Twitter and and all like it's their job yeah yeah exactly like yeah exactly (laughs) like Like it's a job Uh, so you got to search that tweet deck all day long and look and see who is going to be playing and in the lineups for these teams
So you mentioned the Yankees. Let's get to that. Astros Yankees first time playing since the 2019 ALCS. We talked about this a little bit earlier in the first hour. How do you think this one's going to play out? Astros heading back to Yankee Stadium. Yeah, I am on the Yankees tonight mm-hmm. at minus a dollar twenty, and they're not exactly like ripping the ball out of the ballpark right now. But they have started to hit a little bit better because they've cut their strikeouts down, and they're first over the last two weeks in walk rate. So they're being a lot more patient at the plate. If you recall when they were in that losing streak and a few games under 500 a couple weeks ago right they were one of the worst offenses in baseball and you judge wasn't hitting stanton wasn't hitting lemayhu wasn't hitting nobody was a little really bit hitting of sweat for these from yankees guys. fans yes exactly but now they're back to 500 they get the astros and i just saw searching on the twitter here in terms of uh there is a bronx cheer so to speak for the astros the you're a cheater at a couple of those players so the no love lost between the astros and the yankees and and not for that reason i'm on the yankees necessarily it's more of a little play play against Zach Greinke Hmm. because his numbers have been good against some weak offenses and he's managed to lean on his control because his velocity has been a little bit down. But last two times he's played the angels and the Mariners who are above average offenses in major league baseball. And he's given up six runs and 14 hits over just 11 innings. So that makes me think you got a Yankees team. That's kind of figuring it out a little bit at the plate, not, you know, mashing it out of the ballpark where they're getting 10 runs at the stadium on that short right field up. porch there in the Bronx, but I I think the Yankees are starting to figure it out. Domingo Herman, I think has been relatively solid Houston, even though they've gotten a lot of their hitters back, because remember they had about a week or a week and a half due to COVID-19 where they didn't have Altuve, where they didn't have Bregman, where they didn't have Jordan Alvarez and Martin Maldonado. Now they've got them back, but you're not exactly seeing this team hit uh, a, a great deal. So the Astros offense, I think has been pretty pedestrian cheap price for the Yankees at home at the stadium. And I like the pinstripes. Yes, despite all of the animosity, the rivalry is going to be renewed. A couple other games going on tonight. I know that you're also on Rays at Angels tonight. Yeah, and this was mainly just playing Alex Cobb, uh, who, uh, who who really has a huge discrepancy when you look at his numbers. So that tells you when the discrepancy between the ERA and the XFIP, which is the fielding independent pitching that we talk about. When you see that large of a discrepancy, that means there's been some bad luck so far. Uh, and and one of the things that measure luck is the BABIP, which is batting average of balls in play. Sometimes uh, balls yes, that should course. be fielded. And Gil will talk <laughs> about Gil will talk about this a lot with the, uh, he likes to talk these baseball metrics. Sometimes balls find a hole that shouldn't find a hole. So the batting average balls in play against Alex Cobb this year is 469, which is astonishingly high. Mm-hmm. So that's why you see that ERA where he's at 716, but the XFIP is at only 244, which is a tremendous fielding independent pitching number. And plus his strikeouts, 12 and, and about two thirds strikeouts per nine innings for Alex Cobb. That's really good. This is against uh, his former team, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays. Right. Shane McClanahan, a young former first round pick of a couple years ago is going to go. I believe this is his first road start for the Tampa Bay Rays. I'm not sure Mm. how long he is going to be in there. If he's just going to be an opener, he was solid the last time out, but you get the angels here at a little bit of a cheap price, about a dollar 15 range right now. So I like Alex Cobb and the angels tonight to get back to 500.
All right. What about Blue Jays A's tonight? I'm on a no run first inning on this one. I believe I had that yesterday. It came through. Obviously, we saw how the Giants one played out for me earlier today. So hopefully this one goes a lot better. Uh, What do you think about Blue Jays A's tonight? Yeah, I did take the Blue Jays plus the number tonight. Records are a little bit deceiving sometimes. If you look at the A's, they got hot when they started out cold and then they won 13 in a row. So they're 18 and 12 right now. The run differential for the A's combined this season is minus five. And then you have a Blue Jays team that's just one game over 500, 14 Mm -hmm. and 13, plus 22 on the run differential. Toronto finally got George Springer, formerly of the Houston Astros, into the lineup this weekend. So I think that's going to make them a little bit more dangerous at the plate. They're averaging about four and a half runs a game. So you would expect that to go up with George Springer. Now, the one concern for Tampa Bay, Anthony Kay, kind of an inexperienced starting pitcher, 1080 on the ERA, but don't necessarily be deceived. He's 237 on the XFIP. So this is a guy with a very small sample size. So when you look at that ERA, because sometimes betters will look at the ERA when they get these sheets in the sports books, Mm -hmm. and they'll look on the back, and it's usually covers or whoever provides the information Mm -hmm. for the given sports book, and they'll see, oh, my God, this guy's got an ERA over. 10 and sometimes he'll get hit out of the box but oftentimes it's deceiving when the guy has made one start and only went three and a third's innings and that being Anthony K. so I would expect a better outing this time Cole Irvin's kind of an average to slightly below average left-handed pitcher so I did like the Blue Jays here at plus 112 I know Danielle you were on the no in the first inning uh, yeah Danielle loves those instant gratification bets let's not mess around here let's get it done I'm a millennial okay I have a schedule <laughs> I like a quick Quick sweat, get in, get out, make some money, lose some money, not, whatever. Let's not an just old get it fart done. like me that'll sweat it out for four hours. No, I do not have the patience. Um, you want me to watch an entire baseball game today? There's a double <laughs> header for the Dodgers Cubs. I was on the Dodgers, that loss. They have another one coming up. Uh, so hopefully the Dodgers rebound from that. Uh, thanks for sticking with us today uh, on a Tuesday, My Guys in the Desert. We'll be back tomorrow and all week long. Danielle Avari and Wes Reynolds, thanks for watching My Guys in the Desert.